welcome to Planning Phase Syndicate. Thank you all so much for joining us tonight. Tonight, we have an actual episode. So I know we've been streaming a lot of XCC games. If you're joining us because you have seen us on the XCC side, throw a comment up in the chat and say, hey, how's it going, brother? This is the stream that I saw you on. Um, tonight, we have an amazing episode called The Little Clinker Who Could. We are going to take a little bit of a dive into a discussion about swarms, swarm play. Um, we're going to bring in uh, some TTS, kind of show you some different things about formation flying, obstacle placement, um, what happens when we break up squads, network calculates, uh, struts, and those type of things. So uh, we're going to have that conversation. We're going to also do a What Turns My Dials, because Matt's going to come in and tell us why he doesn't like overcorrecting points and what will fucking happen if they don't, uh, if they continue to do this, how much we can outrage over it. We're going to also do a roll call that we review some of the different tactics um, and different things that involve swarms uh, that are not specific separatists um, that come to mind that are like M3As, Nash Windrider, Malaris, squad tactics, that type of a thing. And then we're also going to do a system malfunction, kind of break down a Sloan swarm a little bit, but we're going to take it in a little bit of a different direction where the, there's so many different options that you can have in Empire, but there's only really three ships that you can really run this on. So we're going to kind of break those down and show you what the classic build, some weird other builds that you may see um, on non-popular tables or give you something kind of fun to take to your um, little local there if you have Empire. With that being said, why don't we bring in my favorite co-host, Charles and Matt. How are you guys doing tonight, sirs? Doing all right, man. How are you? Good, good. What we are going to do is I think Charles is either frozen or concentrating very hard on his computer, one of the two. Um, so tonight we have an amazing night. What I wanted to kind of do to start out with first is to, is to talk through the XTC stuff. So we, we've been streaming XTC streams for the last, um, I don't know, pretty much the, the last two to three weeks nonstop. So we've had games every night. They are officially past round seven, so they are into finals. So we are putting our name in to try to pick up some of the streams to see what can happen and how many streams. The problem is, is there's so many streamers. I don't know if we're going to get any final end game streams or not. So we will kind of see how that goes and break it down from there. I'm hoping we'll get a few games, but we will see. With that being said, um, the other announcement I kind of wanted to make is if you're new to the stream, Make sure you go ahead and welcome Psych7J or J7. Um, make sure you go ahead and hit a, the follow button right on there and subscribe if you have an Amazon. We have a couple of new uh, things. One is we're going to put this here in the chat. If you catch Charles anytime during a show or any stream, you could type in the chat exclamation dad joke jail. And that will put Charles in a timeout from telling dad jokes for the next 10 minutes. And yes, you can hold it to it because here's the deal. Charles is committed that anybody who catches him telling a dad joke during his jail time is allowed to pick the squad he has to fly for the next couple of weeks. And on top of that, on top of that, the best part about this is Charles is going to be able to do this. And then on top of what he's going to have to do is if you want, you have to be a little flexible because of time, time frames, we can get you and Charles on a stream in either Matter Isle content, me or con comment, and you can actually fly whatever you want. And you can pick Charles's, you can pick his list. That's the best part of that. You're going to pick the list. You're going to give him something. You can't give him something completely poop. Like you can't just put a tie defender and nothing else on there and just say, well, I'm going to give a fully loaded tie defender, but you will be able to do. They don't, get to, 
They don't get to pick my list. They get oh, to come pick on. my faction. No. <sighs> I'm right. willing to hamstring myself, but not that much. Come okay. on now. Okay, okay, okay. All right. I I'll, still, I'll I still, I'm still on board. For, I'm still on board for you You picking his whole list, honestly. I, I mean, <laughs> really, why not? <laughs> All right. So you don't get to pick the list, but you get to pick the faction Charles has to play against you live right on our stream here on Planning Face Signicate. Um. Without that, um, we are working towards doing some more live streams during the week. So depending on what happens with XTC, we are going to start um, kind of a local series. So anybody that wants to join um, and wants to play one of the hosts on the stream, we're going to pick another day and we're going to do a couple of games during that day. Um, we're also looking if you are in a league and you have league games and things like that, we will be able to put we're going to create a, a channel in our discard for stream requests. And it's not like GSP. I'm not coming to your hometown. I'm not that good. Right. If you want somebody to come to your hometown and actually stream an in-person event, call GSP. They're better at that. <laughs> but if you want your game streamed, we like if you are in Kyber Cup or something like that, or there is going to be a tournament where you're like, hey, nobody's streaming for this tournament. Um, I would like my game stream or something like that. Just, just you, we're going to set something up where you can message us. Um, again, you know, you've seen some of the quality. We're decently good at it, you know. But we're kind of looking for some local people that says, hey, we want to be able to play on stream either some of our matches or we're looking to be able to play on stream to say um, maybe at some point we'll have some sort of a mini league to kind of like nickel city does. Um, we are in, I am going to reach out to him to talk to him today. There is a possibility. Maybe we'll start streaming some of their ladder games too, when he's not streaming them. So, all right. With that being said, do you either how do either of you guys have any announcements? Want to talk about your lives? Anything, anything fun that happened to you? My lives, but uh, we had a discussion today during our XTC game and we made a comment. I did some research um, and found out that according to the Tales of Star Wars comic book, there was a Force-sensitive droid in the Star Wars universe, and no one knew about it until the story was released. So little history lesson for you guys. Apparently, when Obi-Wan first came to Tatooine, he felt a Force user but couldn't find them. Uh, at the same time, there was a droid serving drinks at Drava's Palace, uh, dropped a drink, used the force to save the drink, and then serve it to Jabba. No one noticed that droid's call letters were R5-D4. For those of you who know what our, you know where this is going, get ready. Um, apparently, R5-D4 used the force to take off his restraining bolt, then mind-tricked Gamorrean guards to get out of Jabba's palace. While wandering the deserts of Tantooine, he was picked up by a sand crawler, uh, then, during the time that he was going to be sold to Owen Lars and Luke Skywalker, had a vision in the Force of what would happen if that would succeed and the failure that would be met with the Rebellion, and instead used the Force to blow his motivator so that Luke would have to buy R2-D2 in addition to C-3PO, thus saving the Rebellion and allowing for seven move or nine movies to be made in his honor. So we really owe everything that we have in the Star Wars universe to a single Force-sensitive robot, which is R5-D4. And if you think I'm making all of this up, I promise I'm not. That does sound very, very Star Warsy. Like, the yes. whole thing. That, that, that whole thing just sounds like pretty much that Star Wars right there, in a nutshell. It was uh, Skippy the Star Wars, Skippy the, the robot Jedi. Skippy. It's like, I would say Psych. Psych J knows. Psych J knows. Yep, he's already on there. <laughs> So, so Charles, you know what that says? What that means is between you and Matt, you guys got to come up with a meme. I need a meme, and I want a little Skippy meme, and we're gonna we're gonna 
we're gonna maybe maybe we'll add it as something where you can you know spend some of your credits to uh to to do you know play it in the chat or something i don't know let's create a mini meme that's what i say wait i i, I just have to double check then that means that we owe this podcast to skippy the that's peanut right. butter right because we no, all grew up on skippy no no oh. i didn't oh. i never had skippy my parents Matt, bought off another stuff. thing another thing that happened over our streams and we got to figure out how to do this so number one we have we need an alt art for Count Dooku that has Saruman the White on it because I saw, that I saw is like a good. thing where it's like half and half recently. Was yep, that I found that on that I found that on Etsy. Yes, and then Chris, what was yeah. the other one we came up with today that we needed? Was it the same actor that played that guy? I don't remember. Yeah, Christopher no, Lee played uh, played Count yeah. Dooku and Saruman the White. <laughs> We can, I'm gonna have to rewatch today's game because it was a great idea that we came up with during it for a second alt art, and I can't remember what it was now. Just remember, Charles, I come up with a lot of good alt art ideas and a lot of good ideas, so sometimes I don't remember all of them. There's just so many of them. Fair enough. Right. It's just a fountain of good ideas. <laughs> it's like no, the other thing you were gonna ideas. do. Is, we need to do is you guys got to do is figure out what you're going to do for me for Torkoal Mux. There you go. Every time Chris mentions Torkoal Mux without unjustified thing. And by the way, you can you can now oh, use, like use Torkoal Mux for Tor. You can type it in the chat. Torkoal Mux. And you'll get my personal opinion on Torkoal Mux. I use it every time somebody plays Torkoal Mux. We did that. We had that on stream earlier this week, too, um, where we actually had a list that had Mux on it. And Charles was like, I bet you like commenting on this stream. And I was like, I hope Torkoal Mux loses. That's all I gotta say. I'm rooting for the other team only because I cannot stand Torkoal Mux. Anyway, all right. So we've we've digressed enough. <laughs> like we're like Wait ten minutes in. Did you already bring up Torkoal Mux? I did. I think I, I think at this point it's more like uh like an OCD. Like he can't be part of a Star Wars podcast in any shape or form right. without at least mentioning Torkoal Mux one time. Yeah, you so had me getting, on a... the, getting the shakes. You it gets the shakes. Yeah, I tell you what, get me on another podcast. I will make that a thing every time you want to. Anybody wants to bring me on? We have an ace player. <laughs> yes, um, uh, PBR pan. It's not as much the ace player. I mean, yeah, I don't mind him against swarms, uh, but I don't. I I I do not like it when he takes my aces away. I will tell you that. I will 100 hate that. Cannot stand that. Anyway, sad panda. Uh, sad panda. Well. And PBR Panda actually spawned a 15 to 20 minute discussion on what whiskey Chris likes too. So, by the way, just so you know, so PBR Panda is legendary in that in that aspect. I don't remember what stream that was from, but I think it was a late night stream that we did. That I need to know was. where in the Midwest uh, PBR Panda is from, because he started that <laughs> sentence with "ope," and that is a word that only people from the Midwest use. I need to know where he's from. <laughs> so when this catches up on the stream, I need to know where in the Midwest you're from, PBR Panda. I say it's right. like almost no. Yeah. All right. So why don't we let's? I guess we can bring in. I, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm jumping the gun, and bringing TTS in too early. Why don't we? Why don't we start and 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 talk about swarms a little bit, right? So the reason we named this episode after clankers is because that's you know the famous term that uh, Rex basically starts calling them, and they use it as an unrunning gag throughout the show. Um, and so what I wanted to do is 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 B1 series battle droids. So all of this kind of starts, right? I know Trade Federation drones are not battle droids, but they're all part of the same thing. Droids essentially are clankers, tinnies, battle droids, B1s, blah, 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 blah. And they're used by, you know, the specific company that created them, right? 
and the techno union later comes into this whole thing and then essentially what they are is they're flimsy design they're easy to destroy and they are only truly successful in large numbers and so when we talk about why what you know i guess this is what excites chris right about you know x-wing right one of the big things that i really like about x-wing is the pure fact that um we can now have different types of wing conditions so there's different ways you don't just point shoot it's not just that you have your aces like we talked about. We have swarms, which is, you know, my personal favorite. And, you know, we have all these other different things. Right. And so that's the big the big thing here is when I first started this game, I didn't know how to play some of these these different types of lists. So I started up playing swarms because that was what I struggled with losing constantly. And I had, in fairness, I had a bunch of freaking TIE fighters, <laughs> like the lot that Matt and I bought. We just had TIE fighters coming out of rear end. So. We could run many swarms with TIE Fighters. We didn't know what else to do. because I mean, we only had, what, two factions at first? And really only uh, one. A little bit of scum and... Uh, a Empire. Pretty much all Empire and, like, every TIE Fighter that ever was made, it seemed like. <laughs> yeah. Like, whatever that lot was, they just gave us TIE Fighter after TIE Fighter after TIE Fighter. It was just, like, crazy. And we, we got a really good deal on that lot, yeah. actually. That was, that was the best find Matt had of 2020. There you go. Out of everything that we've done, that was the best thing that ever came out of that. Um, uh, anyway, so long story short is I, I had this stuff to be able to play. And, and on top of that, it was like, oh, how do I want to learn how to beat these things? Because a lot of people complained about having to fly against them. Charles is one of them. Charles has complained more than one time to me that he does not like to fly against swarms all the time. And, I, and we had a discussion, a pretty um, open discussion last, last week where we debated the points cost and, and how swarms actually interact. So we're not going to rehash that tonight because in fairness, the two fellows here are the one that gave me the segment. I was kind of surprised, you know, because I was pretty passionate last week, but Hey, so the first thing that I usually talk about when we, we talk about swarms, right. Is obstacles, obstacles, obstacle placement, that type of a thing. And I think a lot of it depends on what your opponent brings. If your opponent is bringing, you know, like gas clouds, it's a lot different than if they're bringing rocks or debris. And so depending on the type of list you're going to be flying against, honestly, is really the bigger difference here in what you're going to have to play against. So for this exercise, I'm not going to put any of the, the these in, but these do make a difference because again, if you, I guess I got to change that to two or something. So if, if, if you have no initiative and usually with swarms, I usually kit mine out to hit 200 points or as much as I can, right? That's, that is exactly what I like to do is, is put, kid them out because they're all going to die. They're just going to die. That's what they do. <laughs> These things just die consistently, hopefully, unless you're Matt and when you roll no red dice and then you, get, you, get, you tell me, well, Chris, my dice suck. And it's like, yeah, your dice suck. You should be taking at least one of these out every round, if not two. And Matt, definitely then that becomes a bad day. Um, so, I, was say, I think half the problem is is they don't die consistently, and that's that's why nobody likes them. Yep, they, they do die. Con- with them. They do kind of. Anyway, <laughs> that's a discussion for last week. So, um, the so the idea here is that if you don't get the initiative, you always bring your rocks. You can bring debris because you can actually land on debris as well. And and so the uh, the the nice thing about it is it gives you kind of that option. So if you're if seismics become part of the meta again, and and in fairness, if they up thermal detonators and costs seismic site become more popular in fairness because we saw like today charles and i saw um a list uh what was it uh it was a separatist list that had seismics and trajectory simulator in it and 
it was more valuable for that list to be able to get rid of some of the rocks because there was not a bunch of droids flying around. They were using Sam and Grievous. So for them, getting rid of some of the rocks was extremely important. Um, and so the idea is, though, is if, if rocks ever become not part of the meta or whatever, then you, then you could have your... You can have your debris. Debris are always nice because they are guaranteed stress. You can land on them. You don't have to take the damage because of your 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 strut value. Um. With that being Welcome said, my favorite you, kind of cheese. Your what's your favorite kind of cheese? Debris. Debris. Uh-huh. Oh. Somebody put him in jail. But, um, put him um, in jail. Oh my oh goodness. My that's horrible. Wow. Jokes. That's a bad dad joke too. That's not even a good dad joke. That's like the bad kind. Yeah. I think I think you're like we're waiting for that. You're like, wait a second. You might say debris. Wait for it. <laughs> anyway, so either which way, so if you don't get the first obstacle placement, you got to watch what is your opponent going to do, right? So, in your world, if I'm I'm running eight droids, I want to be able to put my obstacles closer to the center over here. I want to be able to have kind of a different area where I can land on them and rotate and kill people. So a lot of times what will happen is an, a, 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 somebody will put a gas cloud right in the middle to say, no, not for you. Or they'll try and say, hey, why don't we take an hourglass format, right? And we're going to put a rock here. Because that means my droid can't even do a five straight onto that thing in any way, shape, or form. It takes at least two moves to get onto there. So if you're able to place the first rock, honestly, my favorite spot is right here. It gives you a couple of turns. The other option is, is you can start placing them towards your corner. So if your strategy is... I, just real quick, by right here, you're talking about board center, correct? I'm sorry. Yes, I will. I'm, I got I to gotta be better at that. Yes, so the first placement I like is closer to the center. I usually will go a little bit to the left of center, um, or depending, again, depending on the list that they have. So like if they have a Bosque list, I'm going to go just a little bit to the left of center, not all the way to the, the edge of the... the what do they call that? The It's not the border, but the edge of the uh, legal play area that you can move your obstacles in. What do they call that stupid line? But it's a, you're talking about the two, the two, two, and the two, two line. range air, yes. area? Yep. Are you saying like you place it like in the center-ish of the board at like three? Like what are you saying, Chris? Maybe be a little bit more descriptive. Like like dead center of the board. Yeah, like I will yeah. place it dead center of the board or just to the left of dead center of the board a couple of inches. Like, if I have it my way, I would like to see two of them dead center in the board. Basically, a little offset like that. And so now I've got one. They're Both of them are in the center. They both have the one range, you know, that fits between them. I don't know if I can turn. Yep. So just enough so there's a one range so I could fit a ship through there. A small ship can go through there. I want to shut that lane down, per se. Because I want to take my droids, and I'm going to place this one on the rock, and I want to be able to rotate it. Because the way the droids work is you get two moves when you land on a rock. You get to either rotate your next turn to one of the three directions, or two directions, sorry. Left, right, left, right. That's it. Or you get to stay where you are. Or you could do a two straight off there. So it's a little bit like chess, because you got to think of where your other opponent's coming in at. That's a big thing. Your, where your opponent comes in at is, is pretty important because what will happen is that that opponent, and I'm going to put it coming in over here, just north of the, of the rock coming at me, if my droid is on the actual rock, right, and he's, okay, now i got to turn the stupid thing around, and they're coming at me like this, this now gives me the option to stay put and then barrel roll for a block. 
It'll be a little farther of a barrel roll, I'm sure. But I would have be able to barrel roll. And then that means when this ship uh, uh, coming at me goes second to move, it's going to run into me, lose its action. Yes, I won't get to shoot at it, but it's not going to get its action. And if I'm smart and I have all my other droids similarly placed behind him, I've now got all droids, all modified, able to take shots. The other reason I like my rock placement right there is because when I rotate, and we're going to go ahead and put a firing arc, I am able to shoot a huge range. So if your opponent is really close to you, within range, I don't know, one of you, it can get out of your arc. That's true. If your opponent is farther out, because they're saying, hey, I want to stay away from this droid, because I know this droid's got a Discord missile, by rotating, it means they have to do a really fast maneuver to be able to get out of my arc. Even if it's range two or three and I only get two dice, it's still a shot I get to take. Um, so there's that's kind of the droid placement, you know, or rock placement. I think oh, the I, have other... a, I have a question. You mentioned yep. something, and I just want to clarify, because as a primarily scum player, being able to pick the brain of someone who is not primarily a scum player gives me valuable intel. So you mentioned at the beginning that you place a rock dead center if you can, unless they're flying Bosk, at which point you will offset from the center, either left or right. What is your thought process behind why you're offsetting a rock to the left or offsetting a rock to the right simply because of that one ship? So because what it, because the way I the way for somebody like Bosk or somebody that's that's a large base, it means they cannot fly through there very easily. It takes away the larger ship's maneuverability to get in close and steal my steal my droid off the board before I can shoot you. <laughs> Essentially, that's what it is. Because you, if I have a rock, just one rock in the center, you're able to fly on either side of it, Charles. So you can come just to the left of that. And I, I guess should have spawned a big ship. I guess I didn't do that. Um, that would, it would make a little more sense on screen. But your big ship is going to be able to circle around that rock. For example, Boss has three hards. And Boss can three hard that crap all day long. And he's got a 180R. So that dude doesn't got to worry about too much. Right? So the other reason... Charles, there's two reasons. Well, the other reason you can do a little bit more of an offset, so it's center offset with just that one space in between, is because then you can split your squad up. So, for example, somebody that flies a Kylo list typically doesn't run Kylo right next to the rest of their squad, right? They just don't. Right. No, he, gen he tends to be off by himself for sure. Yes. So when I do my setup, I can spend my time and my formation a little bit more space to park. Then that allows me to be able to set up on both sides of the rock for first engagement. And again, folks, this is this is meant for first engagement. Typically, typically, this is I want to be able to get off my discords and I want to be able to take try to take a ship off the board or half a ship in round one. That is the ultimate goal with that. And PBR Panda says that uh, based on your strategic rock placement, he would love to see someone bring Tobias Beckett in just to mess with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, PBR also, Panda, um, you are correct. That would screw everything up. <laughs> also, I've, I've heard this that. being referred to as a, as a nest. Is that what you're talking about, Chris? It's kind of like building a nest, like where it's like yes. multiple rocks, if you can, like in a triangle or something like that, very close to one another. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Creating a nest helps you be able to not have to move. So, cause, so here's what the droids do. When you land on that rock, your card, essentially, your struts allow you to be able to rotate Stay put, and it's all white actions. Actually, it's all blue actions. I'm sorry. 
it's a blue action. So you don't, you, if you were stressed from the, the time before, it doesn't matter. It's inconsequential, right? If you get panic pilot, it takes one of those away. And, and, and so the idea behind it is you're always able every time to be able to um, take your calculate token or a target lock. You can, you can kind of, depending on if you're flying Bactoid, you know, uh, drones or techno union bombers, you know, those two things like target locks better, right? Cause they usually are missile focused. Um, and that's, that's actually kind of the, the thing you could take, and we're not going to go through this today, but you could, if you had a techno union bomber, you can put them on the rock, right? And they're there. They got missiles. They got bombs that poop out the back, you know? Um, so it just kind of depends on what your thing is. So with a classic eight, ship swarm like this that's what i'm looking for and again this doesn't obviously apply to anything that can't land on rocks <laughs> if you can't land on rocks you obviously do not want to do this this is really a cis um you know swarm tactic um some of the other things that you can do too is if your opponent is like well screw you i'm gonna you know place something here so you can't have the center of the board themselves you know you can place your rocks closer to the bottom of your legalized play field. You don't want to go all the way down to that two, um, that two measure, but you could go, uh, usually I, it's a three. It's roughly a three, I think. Um, and that's, that's also a good spot. Now, the difference is you got to play KG. And, and so you're going to have to take your drone, right? And they're going to have to do maneuvers where they barrel roll, come back. And we had actually an N3A swarm. Now, they can't land on rocks, but we had an N3A swarm that we actually saw do this start on this side on the right side of the board with their seven ships move all the way to the left side of the board and come around some rocks and stay in formation and it took them i don't know like eight turns to do this and they did it on purpose right because they're forcing their opponent to come to them that is another tactic when we talk about formation flying now which is kind of what we're moving into is the formation flying you want to be able to do these things to get your opponent to come to you now, I will tell you, and you can ask Matt this, I, um, I am somewhat of an aggressive player, so I am not usually waiting for Matt to come to me half the time. That is an impatient, um, unskilled technique I have. I should be forcing Matt to come to me, or whoever it is. Now, you can, I can tell you, if Matt flies V1s in there, Matt's coming in pretty hard and aggressive because he wants to get those rockets lined up before I get on those rocks and get Discord. <laughs> he wants to eliminate as many ships as he can with his rockets. Um, But again, that's a unique... Uh, unique setup there. So now we talk about formation flying, right? And we can, I guess we can go ahead and throw some rocks out on the board. We'll just throw. So them. basically, I from what I hear there, Chris, is you're basically saying you'd like to keep your swarm in its in its formation, as opposed to pushing it out or separating it out more than you'd like it to be in general. So being aggressive yes. isn't necessarily the way to go. Okay. No, no, it's not. It's a, a, and usually it's just it's it's a crisp. It's a Chris thing, right? Um, well, I don't know. Those things, you shove those down people's throat. They have a tendency to pop things. So, you know, that's good. Yeah. So now you talk about there's a couple of different types of formations. You have, you can set up um, your four and four. And what you do is you would take four. And then again, it depends on how you want. You could fly four in two different blocks, essentially. So what I'm doing is I'm setting up two ships next to each other. And then two ships directly behind each other. And I think I lost a ship. Oh, yeah, there it is. There's green. We're going to put green backwards because that's kind of cool. 
So, Chris, can I ask a question as a non-swarm player? Yep. So something that, something that I have done in the past is, and I'm going to do the best I can to describe this for the people that are watching this later on YouTube or listening without any video input. When I set up ships, something that I learned a long time ago in 1.0 is that rather than setting them up in cube formations where you have four corners of a cube, essentially, is to offset your front and back line because having them offset means that they don't have to adjust the, the speed of their maneuvers uh, in order to maintain the formation while flying. Uh, so utilizing your nubs and the exterior of the exterior plastic of your bases uh, to line your ships up in a kind of like an offset step formation. How do you feel about that as a swarm player? Uh, I actually, that's how I almost always set them up now. And that's because it allows me to be able to do my banks, right? So if you are going to not do banks, and, and, and again, these droids are designed to not do banks very often, you know, so... Well, I don't know. I'm gonna. I wonder if I bring this up if it'll actually display it. Yep, Is it, it does. Okay. I like to hold on to their money. <laughs> Ooh, was it ten minutes? Was it ten minutes? We had dad joke jail. We had dad joke jail. No, put him in jail, so it doesn't matter. It was at nine seventeen. You got. You got to actually put it in the chat that, to, to to put. No, 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 no. Psych J did. Psych J oh, did. It just didn't trigger the the script for whatever reason. Oh, it's all it gonna be already case. in. It was Could all lowercase. Right. Anyway, we'll come we'll come back to that. We'll come back to that. We'll 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 solve that problem in a minute. Because I can't I can't see the chat to be able to look at it. So if you look, you can see the dial here, right? And so hard too hard are all blue for for droids, right? So when a when a droid is stressed, you, there's a pretty good I, uh, obvious idea that they're going to uh they're probably gonna do it too hard or a too straight. Or a three straight or a four straight. <laughs> they don't have very many blues for the most part. Um, now, the reason I don't care as much about setting it offset is because only the two banks are honestly the only... They're, they're white. These three banks are hard. They're red. They are not something I do almost ever unless it's like a necessity for blocks or things like that. Because then I don't get to take actions. And that is a big issue with, with that whole thing. Right. And so offsetting it, though. So if you're running in three A's, you want to offset. That's 100 percent. You, you want to run FO, FO swarm. You want to do the offset. So the offset, like Charles is saying, is essentially I, you could depending on how far away you want them. You would typically just place your back nub. A little bit farther. So it's center. <clears throat> I, this is hard to do on this angle. So it's center of that other one. Or if you want to go for a little bit more spread out to cover more area, you can actually put your full body of your droid all the way to the bottom right. So you're going to have one droid that'll sit at the top of your template. The next droid is going to be back right behind it, but all the way to the right. That way it'll always clear. And and you will never you'll be able to create a larger um, shooting area. But on the opposite side of that, you will also lose your fire, your fire control power. And then not the card fire control systems, the actual fire control. When you space them out more, if you are closer in, you all your droids will not get the same shot on the same ship. So that's kind of the, the, the pros and cons, right? Because your goal, right, 
is to be able to put them together. Now, I will tell you, though, and all of these guys are driving me nuts. They're all in the same area. Let's get them out of the way. Come on, green. Of course, I bet green locked. Green, did you lock yourself? It is locked. Roger, roger. Roger, roger. <laughs> all right, I allow that You one. know it. One I allow, that's not a dad joke. I like that joke. <laughs> Sorry. That's just a Star Wars joke. It's just right. a Star Wars joke. All right, so the opposite, the, the other opposite thing of this is true. So the, the if you were to do a barrel roll, right? And and this is the the big idea here is by spacing them out farther, you can actually reline these back up by doing barrel roll and all the way to the back. So if red goes, you know, one, two forward, because that's all he can do. And he's, mm, I guess I should lock these in place, right? Then he comes in, does the two forward. He can then barrel roll to the back. And then it would be able to put him right behind the other one. So being able to space them out like that gives you more options. It will, if you go in like that, it will take away your ability to focus fire on a smaller ship. But again, if you're going against Bosk, <laughs> if you keep him like that, you're probably going to always get a shot on Bosk until he goes around you. And Bosk wants you in his front arc anyway, because he wants to be able to get you at range one. So he can eat one ship a churn. And when he has Sam, two ships a churn. Guarantee. It's almost always guaranteed. I don't care what anyone says. Not All on right. The first one. Only one on the first time out. Jeepers, creepers. Well, not then when the you next do the, one, yes. Not, not if you put Jabba. Jabba regenerates them. God, I love that list. Now we're going to go Jabba down the Jabba regenerates. Wait a second. Jabba, Jabba regenerates Sam? He can, yeah. Yes. It has go to be an up. illicit upgrade. Jabba recharges an illicit upgrade, not Zam. You use you Jabba. Sure? Okay, so then I'm, I'm relatively certain that's the. All right, so you can't the, recharge Zam. Fine. Fine, you can't recharge Zam, but you can shoot. You can shoot him with Dengar and that stupid RK5 droid. There you go. And it, I mean, don't get me wrong, Chris. The second shot, he'll recharge yes. and can double tap, but just not the. First. Maybe that's. that's yeah, you're right because I think that's what Charles did. Charles recharged his Zam when we played. That's what he did with his Tarani or whatever. I don't remember what ship you used, but. Yeah, because I used way. I used so I used Tarani with cluster missiles, uh, and had the R five TK to target a friendly, and then I was able uh, to fire and then use munitions failsafe to stop the dice, so no damage was dealt. But because he defended, he still gets to recharge the the uh, charge. Definitely yeah, so working as intended there. Definitely working as intended. That's what Scum does. We apply right. the rules. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, you bend the rules, my friend. I was just just like a separatist player. All right. So that's that's kind of the the formation, right? You you know, there's only with more class. Yeah, there's no more class. The difference, though, with this is the discussion of right here. What do you do if you have to break up your squad? Now you're kind of getting into like a little muddy field, and I don't want to spend very long on this because I don't really think it's. I I don't. I think that that could be a whole episode of (laughs) what you do when you have to break your squad up. Right. That's a whole different discussion, but. Breaking the squad up typically will mean that once you're through that initial engagement, you have to break it up and you are okay with breaking it up if you are able to get blocked. So I like to block people. If you play against me and I'm playing a droid swarm, there's a probability I will go for blocks to stop you getting mods over optimal shots, right? Even if it means that I have a droid that gets no shots that round and you can ask Matt or Charles this, 
I spend a lot of time working towards blocks. I will not tell you that is the only way to do this. I will not tell you that is the best way to do this. I will tell you I've had a lot of success in it being able to block and stop other players, especially right. aces. Well, I mean, that's why they say I won is an advantage, right? So there you yep. go. That's the feature. Yes, I, I, yep, I don't disagree with you. And I, I, I go for the blocks with them more times than I spend, you know, saying, well, I just want optimal shots. And it, it's a little, again, a more aggressive strategy. It's, it's where I probably have lost some of my games because of that. But that is, a, that is the style I play when I play droids. So when you talk about breaking up your swarm or your squad, whatever you want to talk about, and again, this relates to all of them. Once you have that first volley and you know that you can't keep them all together, one or two of them being blockers is a good idea. And M3A swarms are very good at this to some extent because if they're all lined up against you, they got a little bit more maneuverability than some of these droids do. They could take different upgrades than these droids can. They have auto blasters, huge one, huge one on an M3A swarm, right? Auto blasters is big. Um, if you're flying against, um, you know, like a Goron bump swarm, I guess that's not really a swarm, is it? That's not really a swarm. If you're flying against a Sloan swarm of some sort, they're able to have discipline. They can use that. So even after they do their things, you take one of them out, they're all getting these mods. You know, um, if they do a 4K, they're not getting a mod, though, because they're stressed. But that's the idea behind this. And, and it's a good thing Separatists do not have something called discipline because that would 100% break those stupid little droids insanely. That would be awful. That's where, uh, what was it, the pinata, party pinata um, mind link thing? That's where that one jumped up in points recently? Yes, uh, the TB, I don't remember what the name of it is. But yes, you're right, yes. One of the um, tactical <laughs> tactical droids definitely, definitely does that. So the idea behind breaking your squad up is only when you, you have to focus. So if I have if I have a Jedi coming in on each side of the board, I might want to break my swarm up to go after one of the droids or one of the each one of the Jedi's. Depending on again my health, where I'm at, where they're at, there's a lot of uh, if ands behind that. You know, now. Now we can move on to Network Calculate. Simple point, Network Calculate is insanely amazing and has proven to win games hands down. So Network Calculate essentially basically means that each droid that shares that trait is allowed to share Calculate tokens. So I can shoot a Discord missile, which requires you to take a Discord or a Calculate token, and that ship is no longer tokenless. Now, they're only Calculates. They're not focuses. It's not like I have a Hera that's slinging a focus for every dice. But when you only throw two green dice or two red dice, you probably don't need a focus all the time anyway. Let's be honest. If you're rolling average, you don't need a focus. You only need to calculate. Hence why, you know, that's, that's what they do. So then we could talk about when we land on rocks. Again, that's not really that big. We talked a little bit about that. That's not super big. If I'm landing on a rock, my goal is, is to try to land farther back to make you shoot through a rock. You are allowed to have up to two droids on a rock at once with your struts. Now you can only rotate these or go forward. So if you have a droid or if you have a ship coming down the board, uh, we'll just say he's coming down the left. You do your rotate. That way you can get a shot on him. When you leave, you're only going to forward. Now here's the best part about the best part about this with your struts because 
these droids have barrel roll calculate and Bactoid um, bombardment drone type droids have barrel roll target lock for stress. And they're all stressed, but that's what it is. I can now do my stop. So I know you're going to come in here and your ship is either going to come in and do a two hearted or two three right. And it's going to say, hey, I want to meet you here you know, be here so that I can get a shot on you without you getting a shot on me, or maybe the, sh the droid that's sitting behind you or on the side of the rock, right? Want to do that. Kind of crazy, because usually I have a bunch of droids right here, but if, if they did do that, and they were, they were going to come in, my red droid, who moves first, can do my blue stop, barrel roll, and calculate for stress. Now, my, my struts stay open, which means I cannot land on a rock next turn. I have to complete a real maneuver to take my struts off the rock. If I do that, then that's fine. Typically, when you're doing that, it's a block. You're, saying, you're trying to set up a block, or what you're trying to do is outmaneuver that other ship. So if that other ship, instead of going to like a three hard, goes a three straight, you're still getting a shot. Now you're going to force them to use their... You're going to force them to use their boost or barrel roll or something to get out of your range. And then next turn, this droid's just going to too hard right around that rock. So I'm still probably going to get a shot. If I don't get a shot at this turn, I'm going to force you to run. And you're not going to get shot. So I'm, I'm creating a disadvantage to, for, some of, for somebody else. Um, the only other positive thing about um, the struts and is the barrel roll, right? So if my droid is right here, and I guess maybe we should place it. I guess I should not, I should move it first. So I'm going to move it back here. Do a two forward. Flip my dial. And I guess flip my droid. <laughs> now I'm on the rock and see if you're, Oops, if you're watching the stream, you can kind of see how close I am to that edge of the rock, right? So I would still open my struts. Now, when I open my struts, I can perform if, let's say, you decided to outmaneuver me and your ship is coming around on the far right side of me. And I'm a little worried that I'm not going to get my Discord missile off or if I have energy shells, you're going to give me an inopportune shot and you're going to try to boost the round and get away from me. I can barrel roll onto the other rock and it doesn't hurt me because my struts are open. I can actually barrel roll right onto that other rock. And I take really? my, yes. And I take huh. my calculate and stress. And now I just hip hopped. So when we go all the way back to the beginning, when I talked about placing those two rocks close together, there's a good reason why. Now, I only recently learned about this, I don't know, maybe a month ago. I did not know that either, and for a long time, I used to take damage from doing that. You don't have to. It is 100% legal to be able to barrel roll onto that other rock. And here's the Crazy. best part. You want to know the best part about this, too? My next turn, I'm going to not rotate. I'm going to do a five straight. Oh, I can't actually do it. Why did it do that? It should give me the zero stop. Come on. Well, it doesn't recognize that you're on that rock, even though you are. So what you would then do is you'd be able to do your, your zero stop, 
clear your stress, which you wouldn't have that calculate, right? Then I can barrel roll back onto the other rock. <laughs> right. So I can hop, hip hop between the two rocks if that's what I want to do. That part I think is kind of broken. I'll admit that. Only part I what, think about what, what, that, that that one bit that's that's the only that's broken part bit, of the, the whole yeah. the whole thing you're going on there that that one little bit there huh? just that fair enough okay at least Charles All admits right. with the R5TK and like the 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 munitions fail safe and all the other stuff that's definitely like half cheating at least he'll admit okay. that okay. <laughs> moving past that I would no like you don't see... like it. I... Personally, I I don't mind it, right? Because it's it's what they do. It's it's their thing. Every ship has it its is. thing. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I would like to see that if you threw a seismic, that a droid that's attached to a rock that gets blown up by a seismic takes extra dies. damage. Either yeah. immediately dies or takes an additional damage rather yeah. than just the one, and now they're floating in space. That's, yep. that's something I think would balance it out a little bit because you'd have to Maybe. build yeah. specifically to be able to do that. So Right. Yeah, it's interesting though. I mean, obviously, yeah. I, I I think the struts actually are really a neat little mechanic. I'm surprised about the rock to rock mechanic there. So, hey, learning is fun. But I really do like that they have something different. The more yep. you know. Yeah, and and, and there's again, you know, it goes back to play styles. Why people like different things. I like these. I like those HMPs too. And I'll tell you what, people are sleeping on those to some extent. I think those are really good Not anymore. My brain, my brain doesn't work the HMP way. I can't I do it. I played against one during, um, no. The reason I can't, like, during day, and I'll explain why, because I understand why it doesn't work, and I don't know how to get it around it. Um, I played against an HMP set in uh, Dagobah this weekend. It was four base HMPs um, with a strain bot HMP. I forget, it was, like, D, DBS something or other, but if you were at its bullseye arc, it could give you a strain token. Um, in my mind, with like ships, they are constantly flying forward. Even a Talon roll, your ship is still ready to go forward. With the side slip maneuver, because it violates that, it's no longer forward progress, it's sideways progress. I can't process it in my head. It just does not work for me to remember that your 180 arc gets a 90 degree turn while your ship moves that 90 degrees as well it's not a rotate it's not a zero stop it just changes your direction and my brain doesn't compute it i don't like it i'm not saying it's broken it's definitely beatable if you can wrap your head around it and be able to plan Mm -hmm. for it and it's no different than the bendy d cloak that echo can do or the bendy barrel rolls that the star viper can do um, I'm again, nothing against it. There's nothing wrong with it. My brain just doesn't work that way. Uh, every time I have faced an HMP and any facet, I've lost that game. It just, my brain does not compute. Agree. Yeah. No, and I don't disagree with you, Charles, actually at all, because there, I, I don't, there's certain ships. I don't fly for the exact same reason. You know, there is a lot of sh- I have a harder time with like ETAs or something I have to work on. That's that's a, a downfall of of mine because I play too aggressively typically for that. Um, either which way. Now, the now let's move on to kind of and I guess I don't want to spend too much more time. We've already talked a lot about droids. I've had 
48 minutes, and I don't think we have too much more to really go. So those barrel rolls are a, the, there are a really cool mechanic that not a lot of people know about, right? Another mechanic that kind of goes into it is, um, is essentially your discords will shoot your calculate, but don't worry because your friends have all your other calculates, right? Not a big deal. Not a big deal at all. The big thing, though, to remember is your maneuver, your, your opponent's turnaround maneuvers. The biggest issue I have is always remembering those turnaround maneuvers. With Bosk, I ain't got to worry about that, right? With a, with a fire spray, I do. Anything that has a dual arc or anything that has a rotating arc or anything that can move around and outmaneuver me, I have to, and this is where we talk about breaking that swarm up, I have to be able to cover all the different facets. So the idea here is like with your droid swarm is the goal is to get them in a position where they can kind of, you know, they can kind of shoot all these different areas and you want to be able to cover the large basis of the board. That's what you really want to do. And so you have to remember those things because I have had somebody where I've rotated on a rock and somebody 4K'd over me, missed the rock and off because, because of that, right? And then I missed, I didn't get an opportunity to shoot because I rotated thinking they were going to go around and instead they just 4K'd you know, basically through and I got screwed. So um, lost that ship. Almost always you lose that bloody ship <laughs> at that point. It's like, it's like the dice gods just say, <laughs> dumbass. Anyway, um, so that's, that's a big thing is watch out for those turnaround maneuvers and, and, and because you are going to get caught off guard by those and those are very hard to block. Hence why when we talk about the setting up in the initial setup, sometimes people put them in a line in two lines. Um, you know, they move everything over, do the maneuvers to get them into two or lines so that they can then break them up again and, and float them outside of the board to prevent some of those things. Those are the hardest ones to prevent. Like, I think Asaj, she has like a 4K, right? Uh, Falcons have swoops. You know, like, there you go. Like, those are just some really big ships that have some impressive maneuvers. Um, the next... The, uh, the last, I go ahead. I'd say I think that, and then I think the, don't the, the scimitar also has some pretty good turnarounds and stuff like that. There's a large, a lot of large bases out there definitely have uh, maneuverability. Yeah, that scimitar has has two K turns and like swoop. Yeah, like though that scimitar, that scimitar should be better than what it is. It's just not good, but it should be a lot better. It's a lot of fun to fly. It's just not good. <laughs> it's not, not a good. good. Ship. Yeah, no. it's too bulky most of the time. But yes, yeah, I agree with you. I love I they, they that ship could be a lot better. Looks cool than too. what it is. It does. God. And it's got movable things on it. Yeah, movable wings. Mm -hmm. Um lastly, remember your droids have one case and two talons in each direction, right? Those are huge. Droids have network calculate. Stress does not affect network calculate. Let me repeat. Stress does not affect network calculate. That is a big Except thing. for the fact that it prevents you from being able to take a calculate action. But yes. you can still oh, okay. use somebody else's is what you're referring to, yes, correct? Sorry. Okay. Yep, 100%. Yeah, you can't take your calculate action, but you can use somebody else's. One. Um, Just one. Yep, just one. But typically, you're only throwing two dice. You only need one. <laughs> right. You only but need it still one. is only one. You're still only allowed yeah. to use one of somebody else. That is a rule. Yep. Which is a nice rule, because if you could steal all of them and use them all, that would be horrible. That would be bad. Yep. Dror Think about uh, if you could pass it? a focus to one of these, you could start putting prockets on these. Anyway, so let's, uh, let's move on. 
PBR Panda. Was it PBR Panda who who, who called it? Uh, what did he call it? Uh, Droid Force. Droid Force. I love it. I love Droid it. Force. Yeah, it is. Love it. Essentially, yeah. no. It is. Exactly Maybe that's why I like the Jedi's. You know, I fly Jedi's in Republic as well, in in uh, the Aether's right. So, so all right. So Could I think you, that's um, it for I me. Know they, uh, did the Force cost for calculates on those? <laughs> I think that's it for me. Um, next question: Do you guys have any other questions? Anything else that you wanted to, me to cover? Um, anything like that? Oh, I so think you already, I think you covered it. It's a lot to break down when you talk about an yeah, archetype like that. It's just like if we were to suddenly go into aces or uh, beef lists, things like that. It's it's a broad brushstroke to try and narrow down to finite hairs. Uh, and I think that you did a wonderful job so far and look forward to uh, continuously learning about swarms, how to break them down and how to beat them so that I can at least be somewhat successful at this game periodically. Yeah. Now, I will tell you that these droid swarms are are not meta right now. Right. The, at least what you see on my screen, what you saw on my screen, the eight just droids are not meta. Seekers, <clears throat> you know, not seeker swarm. The um, oh, what, what I can't remember the name of that stupid. Uh, I don't know. There's a. Uh, a a, 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 huh? a seer swarm. Yeah, thank you. Those aren't <clears throat> those aren't very viable right now either. Um, in the meta, you know, again, this show is not specifically for meta things. You know, right? This is. I hate going into saying meta, not meta, blah 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 blah. If you are playing, trying to do the competitive thing, these are not as competitive as they used to be. They are a lot of fun to run though, and I will tell you, especially right now when we don't have a million in-person events and you have time on TTS to play. The best way to learn how to kill these things, the best way, is to literally fly them yourself. And PBR Panda, Droid Force, and think about Kraken. Kraken is the moldy crow of Separatists. Would you go so far as to say he's the Torkoal Mux of Separatists? No. <laughs> nope. 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 Especially because it's not one ship. Nope. And again, <clears throat> these are very hard. It, these are hard to play. They are hard to fly. I've only I've only made top cut in one tournament with them. Now, we haven't had live tournaments, so um, in live tournaments, it might be a little different. I enjoy running them even in person, though. You can ask Matt. He's had to play against droids for more times than he probably cares to. Matt doesn't mm -hmm. like droids because he had to play me way too many times in them. They're not his favorite. <laughs> not my favorite. No, like the first few people I've ever played in person with, which, you know, before, you know, TTS and all that stuff, you're stuck with whatever your local group is. Right. So so Chris and then another good friend of ours also was on a droid kick. So um, basically we had uh, it was droids and then droids and then droids and droids. And I'm just like, apparently this is what I'm going to fight all the time. So I better get used to it. But let me tell you, you started packing three gas clouds immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, agree with you on that one. And, and I think, you know, Matt, some of the, uh, that is a problem in locals when you have a smaller local group. And it also is a problem when we are not rich enough to buy more than one faction. Now, I will tell you, packed into my kit upstairs, in my kit that we played last time was Django Zam. And it was only because I was playing it for the net, for the one of the GSP tournaments. That's the only reason. And yep, yeah, Charlie, you can go there all you want. But it was fun. I still like flying. I don't care what you say. And, and that, that comes from my scum play of oh, Eamon Azami. I used to play Eamon and Boba. That was, that was like the first thing Matt taught me how to play was Eamon Boba. We played Eamon Boba all the time. All the time. That was like a big thing. Not Kashka. 
We said, screw Koshka. We're only playing Eamon Boba. <laughs> That's it. Anyway. Yeah. Another, all another right, crazy let's... list to play against for all those people who got to play against that in the past. Oy. So why don't we break it up a little bit? Why don't we jump to, I don't know, why don't we do a what turns my dials? All right, so in the What Turns My Dial segment, we're going to have Matt break down overcorrecting points. Is that really what we're going to talk about, Matt? I mean, that was what I intended to talk about, because to, your, me, it's, it's, <laughs> to me, that's really up. something that does, does uh, turn my dials, if you were, is, is when we start seeing uh, a meta change, as we've been talking a lot about meta then it is kind of important to notice where there is that difference on what is a meta change. So what changes meta is the points and what those points do. Uh, let's see, a great example. Like for me, the biggest example was the Nantex uh, swarm change that happened a little, by, a little bit ago. Um, a little bit ago, there was a, uh, a massive points change. What was it, Charles? Was it ten point drop on those eight points? Something ridiculous like that. I think it was eight on points. On the right? Nantex? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, it was something like yeah. that. Yeah. Eight points, I think is is what it was. Like so basically you were able to carry like an extra three ships or something like that. Or just a, like well an extra two solid bodies worth of ships on it because of the platform not being used. It's a classic overcorrection, right? Um, let's see another one. Uh, here's a great. Well, so anyways, that made that made Nantex just so much more powerful. It made them even just what what felt like this oppressive force. It immediately skyrocketed them, uh, that particular ship, not just to uh to tournament play, but it was literally the worst thing. Yeah, it was literally the worst thing you could possibly see was was these Nantex nonstop on the board. It was top table. It was multiple of them on top, top 32s, top 16s. You couldn't, it, like, move for all these droids, uh, these Nantex swarms. It just was a crazy amount. This is a classic, correct, uh, a classic example of overcorrecting. Uh, I know that they also did something with Luke Skywalker, for instance, uh, as a gunner. Luke Skywalker Gunner's like 26 points, like something crazy. Not only to the point of not being played, like, yeah, it's a powerful skill, but really when it comes down to it, is it really that powerful? Uh, so I get I get why he's kind of like in timeout, but still 26 points, a lot of points. So the other one that I did want to talk about, yes, it'd be, and actually PBR Panda actually nailed it in chat. It is Zam Wessel. Zam Wessel crew is going up. and uh, normally I would be the one who'd advocate for slow. And that, that's the other thing too. Fine with Nantex going up in points, fine with them coming down in points, fine with anything that happens there. We need to do something that is a little more incremental, right? It, it, especially when they're coming down. Very important when they're coming down in points is to do incremental changes. I, I get it. No, it's not being seen. I say personally, limit it to like four points, right? Or or just some sort of percentage of what it is. 
eight point reduction is a crazy amount in one time. Now, if you're going up in points, I'm a little more lenient on something like that. Basically, you're making something more restrictive. I get it. Uh, if you're seeing, like for instance, a million Nantex out there in the, in the in the thing, you can immediately snap back to your eight points and be like, okay, well, let's let's try this again, and then slowly move those points down. Whereas if you overcorrect, especially in the in the lower direction. I, I think that you're going to start seeing these these major meta changes, and not only are they major, but they are, in my opinion, game breaking. What are your thoughts on this? Um, as someone who you know lived in in Michigan for a while, um, something well, most of my life really, something that you generally see is is an overcorrection, right? Especially during winter, you'll see someone t- start to skid one direction. And they immediately jerk their wheel the other way to try and overcorrect and end up in a ditch, right? You you have the well-meaning behind it. You have the 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 idea of fixing something that's not working for mm-hmm. that time. Um, you know what I mean? But it's it's one of those things where you you've got to slow it down a little bit. You've got to take the time to figure out why it's broken and what it's breaking. Because right. sometimes a points correction isn't what's needed. Agreed. Sometimes it's yeah. the removal of a slot. Sometimes, right. you know what I mean? It's, you know, something else. Like, for instance, Boba. Boba didn't go up in points. Boba's points mm-hmm. didn't change at all. That's not what was broken. His ability isn't right. broken. His, his stuff wasn't broken. Giving him a force user made him broken with his right. ability. So what do we do? Right. We take away his ability to use force users. Which, by the way, vote for me 2021. And my first, uh, my first action when I become your president will be to remove crew slots from all fire sprays, in, including CIS fire sprays. Just saying, vote for me. Yeah. <clears throat> well, so, yeah. And um, and I do, sorry. One, one second, real quick. Sorry, Chris, didn't mean to interrupt you though. Um, the, I agreed on incremental changes. I'm just agreeing with uh, PBR Panda and the thing. So there is a difference between overcorrecting and properly correcting. I do think that Zam is going to need to be a proper correct. So I would be surprised if you would uh, see less than like a doubling in points. So, and I, and I personally agree with that. Like I said, if you go over, if you're going for overing and changing up, it's a difference between changing down in any big difference changing down. Well, my opinion on Zam and I, I will, I will go Sorry, Chris. a certain, I will go a certain place with Zam. Sorry, Chris, I didn't mean to, to step in front of you. Um, when you look at what Zam gives you, the double shot, I don't, I don't think doubling Zam's points is enough. I don't think four to eight is enough. When you look at Bistan and you look at the other upgrades that give you the capability to have multiple shots, none of them give you the capability to have an after-fire mod added to your ship especially on low initiative ships. None of them can do that. And Bistan is 10 points, right? You have to commit. If that's something you want on your ship, you give up 10 points. Personally, I think that Zam is more powerful than eight points. And I think that for, it's not an overcorrection. I think it's an alignment. I think that taking Zam up to a 10 point upgrade puts him in a line with the other crew that, or excuse me, puts them in an alignment with the other crew that give you that double tap ability. That's my personal opinion on Zam. Chris? 
So <clears throat> to go the the two thing two things to tackle, right? One of the things, right, is sure is the overcorrecting of points. And I so here's I have two opinions. <clears throat> and I'm I'm the dissenter typically in the group, right? Um so no. <laughs> what? I I I have two opinions, right? And they go two different ways. I think FFG is not been the best at it. I don't think that the way that they structured some of the testing for points as the most beneficial way. I think that FFG did not invest a lot of time as much as probably would be needed into it. But I also think FFG spends more time on hyperspace stuff than they do on extended. Um, it, I, again, and I could go back to Star Wars Destiny. I played Star Wars Destiny. When we had that, right, you had two formats, just like we do here. All tournaments were the current hyperspace tournaments. They were not tournaments that you could run extended stuff in, right? And in Star Wars Destiny, you basically had Trilogy, Standard, and um, basically Unlimited, which is every card they ever created. And they didn't have the time to go back and correct all these things for extended. They just didn't, at least for that game. Or they didn't care to <laughs> wanted to. Even though it was like the top five selling card game more than one year. Anyway, um, so to go to, to to go back to the will AMG do a better job? I believe so, but I also believe they have to listen, <laughs> they have to listen to people because the big thing is this community is huge. We have a very big X-Wing player base. Huge. The problem I have is that if they don't actually align themselves with it and listen a little bit more, they're going to miss. And that's what FFG did. AMG seems to be more interactive. They seem to be more willing to talk to us to some extent. Uh, so I, I have a high hope. There you go. Hope. I have hope. That's what I have. Let's go back to the points thing and, right. and the overcorrecting, undercorrecting. Right. Um, I agree yeah. with you, Zam, right? Zam is undercosted to some extent. Right. What I don't agree with as much as all this overcorrecting of points is that it breaks things so long. And I, I typically what it does to me, and maybe this is just me, for me, I feel a, a bigger challenge, right? Now, I will tell you if Nantex, when Nantex took down every single online tournament for three months straight, you probably have a higher ability. But a lot of times what happens, especially, and I will tell you, I am the same way. This is one of the faults Chris tries to work on. When I lose something, I immediately think something's broken and I need to fix it. When I lose twice to it, Torkel Mux. And, and, and Torkel Mux is, I'll be honest, it's a joke, right? I don't like running against them. I don't fly them. But in reality, it's just a Chris joke. There you go. It's a Tanner joke. That's all it really is. Like, I don't get tilted anymore when I see Torkoal Mux on the table, unless it's, you know, to get views. <laughs> then I'll get tilted all day long. <laughs> I like views. Right. Anyway, um, so I think we have to be very cautious with, with the overpoint thing, right? I agree with Matt. I believe Nantex probably were, were, they did not invest enough time analyzing it and testing the repercussions of what it meant. But they also probably right. didn't think anybody was doing tournament-type play, so what did they care? Right. But so, at the same token, I was the guy that was sitting here telling you all saying, hey, hold on a second. Let's let's take this as an actual list building challenge, because 
it's a list building challenge. And for anybody, and for example, GSP at any point could have just banned Nantex. At any point, they owned all of the, the thing. GSP could have made a decision. They didn't. There's a reason they didn't do that. And it's, and it's because it's the same way with droids. It forces you to learn a different play style, forces you a little bit out of your comfort zone, and it forces you to say, okay, hey, maybe there is something that can kill it. Now, people spent three months doing it. It didn't work. <laughs> so we could probably fairly say at this point, they were, they were definitely points adjusted incorrectly. But we so should be very things. cautious. So two things on that. Yep. Number one, people built specific lists to take down Nantex swarms and were successful in doing so. The problem was, is you had to get so specialized in what your build was, you couldn't compete against anything else. You were built specifically for dismantling a Nantex form. Anything else was something you couldn't handle, and that was something we ran into. I think, personally, and maybe this is an overcorrection, I think that we should have a quarterly points adjustment rather than every six months, or what we have now has been almost a year since our last point update. I think quarterly points updates allows us to have three months of enjoyment of playing the ships the way they are, Maybe a store championship once in-store play continues uh, and then coming back to it, you know, in three months and making multiple minor corrections over very large corrections midway and at the end of the year. Secondly, where I have hope for AMG, where I have faith, if you will, is by and large FFG was a card game company. If you look at their most successful products, it's their LCGs, it's their CCGs, the majority of it were card games. And that's not a dig. Their card games are amazing. I play the L5R still, even though it's defunct, I play it and I love that game. But the things that you can do in a card game, the ban lists, the point changes, the erratas, that sort of thing, don't work as well in a minis game because it's such a static environment. Where I have hope is I've watched what AMG has been successful in doing with the Marvel minis game that they have had prior to acquiring the, the I guess you could say the proprietorship of, of X-Wing and Legion and things like that. And the community that they built from a game that didn't have a community. What they've done to increase that communication. And realistically... Like their first weekend into being part of our community, they did that build challenge where you could have the one upgrade that you added to your list and it would change the way the game played just to see how participation would be. Like that alone gives me hope that our, our voices don't fall on deaf ears and that the game that we love is, is being cared for by people who are going to grow to love it as well. So that's, that's my hot take. I think you're right in that, Charles. I agree with you with AMG. I, I'm very hopeful of it, um, I, and I agree. You know, and and like I said, I don't want to make too big of a deal. I, I agree with Matt. Yes, there 100% has to be caution. You do. I don't disagree with you, Matt. Actually, like, and and I like to be the the opposition a little bit sometimes, <laughs> um, <clears throat> just because because that's my nature. I'm a little bit of an uh, what do they call it? An instigator? No, it's not an instigator. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they call it something else. A, a, a devil's advocate. Sure. There you go. Instigator um, works as well. <laughs> it's, I'm not doing it to instigate you specifically, brah. Incitement, um, maybe? No, there's another Spider. word. We're, I don't know. It's too fucking late or too crappy late at night for me to 
to think about these things. Anyway, so, um, and I don't agree with, I'll be honest, I'm more going to side with Psych J on this. I don't think Zam Crew needs to go up to 10 points. I don't even honestly, I don't even know if I say eight points personally. That's just me. Uh, I do think they, it needs a points increase. Yes. But I would say I would be cautious on, on moving it too far because then you remove that u- unique mechanic to the meta. And I also, I'll, I'll be the first to tell you, I am not in favor of Zam Pilot getting a points increase at all. I, I will think tell Zam you. Zam Pilot is fine. It's the crew. crew that can be put on any ship that has a crew slot that needs the point increase, oh. not the pilot. And I don't. And honestly, one, to me, it could go anywhere from eight to ten points with Zam. I, I I don't I don't see it not being played even at ten points, guys. I really don't. I don't. I mean, either. that's I only a six point increase. Really, when it comes down to it, that's only six points. And I, I know that like crack shot six. anymore though. Crack shot went up two points, and you don't see it. They doubled it. You don't see right. it. Yep. Well, it's because it was always taken in swarms, large numbers. I was going to say, when you're taking a generic upgrade that can be put on multiple ships in a list, a single point is extrapolated by the number of ships you're trying to put it on. Zam being a single card in a list that can be put into a crew slot, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's not not a broken card. It works. The reason... I'm going to get on my soapbox for a second. I apologize. I do not like upgrades or game effects that alter the way the game should be played. And what I mean by that is X-Wing is a game of positioning. X-Wing is a game of rolling dice. And any game effect that encourages you to not roll dice is not something that I find to be an enjoyable experience. If I'm faced with Zam and say I have four shots against Zam, and I choose not to take shots against Zam because I'm afraid of what card you've picked or that sort of thing, we're getting away from what the game's core purpose is. Um, If you had Destiny, and the core purpose of Destiny is to roll dice, and I had a card that gave you a negative effect for rolling dice, and the negative effect was so strong that you decided to not roll dice, you're taking away from what the purpose of destiny is while that card is on the field. And I think that things like that can negatively impact overall. They, they do have those things, but mm-hmm. that's okay. And I will it's, say it's, too, it's different than Zam though. Right. But that's, that's my soapbox. So go ahead, Matt. Well, for me, and I get what you're saying there, Charles, but at the same time, I like that they introduced a new mechanic. And especially to put her in on Scum and on Separatist, I mean, I guess, but still, mostly you're going to see it on Scum, uh, where you see the Zam actually being played. It fits with Scum, first and foremost. Obviously, that is a Scum thing. So if it's going to go in a faction, well, Scum seems like the spot it would go. Uh, We've talked about all the different things that Scum does that are already kind of half game-breaking and half different things. This would not be the first ship you didn't want to shoot at just because there's there's other one, ones in this game where you don't shoot because you know it's going to have a negative effect. Uh, what is it? Uh, Dengar? Isn't that? Yeah, Dengar, right? There are definitely times where you don't shoot Dengar because Dengar retaliates. Fine with that mechanic. Disagree with... Uh, I, I think that it will still be played even at 10 points. Even if it's too many points... I still think it's going to get played. Now, is it going to be uber competitive? Are you going to see it in every list? Is it going to make an entire your 
an entire thing with Bosk. Like that's a a question that I I will I'll, I'll hold off and see where we get to. But I do see that, and I agree with Chris. It does need a major change. I and agreed with Charles. We all all agree in in this, but where it's going to be at. And I would say that if you end up with, yep, quick draw, there's another great one, Psych, thank you. Uh, there are multiple ships where it does require you to change how you play. I think, to me, that's kind of some of the flavor of the game itself. And I'm perfectly fine with Zam. Fine with Zam as crew. Fine playing against Zam. I get it. He's, she's there. She's going to be something you play against. Absolutely cool. Just think that there needs to be a little bit more of a, of of a of a change there. I like that they have the card out. I like the mechanic, like Chris says. I like that you have to have the separate cards. It's a little annoying online, but to me, <laughs> it just needs to move a little bit in how it's played. Nope i don't I don't disagree with that, and I think that's a good jumping off point to to move into our next segment. I I, mm-hmm. I, I think you're right, man, and I think. Again, all of this goes back to like a caution thing, right? You know, this is a cautionary tale, you know, a cautionary tale, you know, which is funny because I've only, this is the only time I think I've ever heard Charles advocate for something that affects scum that greatly to increase in points that much. This is, this is a right, first, folks. This is right. Usually <laughs> Charles is like, I love me, scum so much. I do. I, I, so I have only ever played scum since playing X-Wing. It has been, I mean, I've dabbled in a few lists here and there, like that I've tried Empire, I've tried Rebel just to, to get a different thing. Occasionally I play Republic. But as much as I love Scum, I don't love Scum enough that I want it to be negative. Yep. I want it to be competitive, but I don't want it to get to the point where like the only the only faction that's viable is scum because of the, the, the Swiss army knife of different tools that they could use. Right. I want it to be fun, but I want it to be competitive. I want you to be able to compete against it and I want it to be equal uh, with other factions. So I'm not saying, Oh, scum's broken. We need to fix scum because it's not on the by and large. But what I am saying is, when we compare that ability to some things like other have, and I, and I agree with our chat, uh, the chat said that the requirement that Zam has to be able to fire off uh, is a little less consistent than, say, Han Gunner uh, that gives you the left-right or Bistan that gives you the left-right. And I'll agree with that. It does take a little bit more you know, figuring out, but none of them give you the ability to have a free target lock as well. Um, you know, we saw today in our, in our stream that we did for XTC, that was double fire spray on double fire spray, just how important it was to have the card that gave you the, uh, the free target lock. It's almost better to take the card that gives you the free target lock than it is to take the card that gives you the double tap. Um, but that being said, um, you know what I mean? I again, yes, I I am a firm scum advocate, but I'm a, I'm a bigger advocate of fair gameplay and enjoyability for a game that I've loved for many many years. Fair enough. All right, so let's let's move on. Let's move on to another another thing. We'll do do let's do our roll call segment next. All right, so 
with our roll call segment, Charles is going to break down, and I got the I got the uh, the card overlay to work, so I'll I'll bring them up if you want to tell me which ones you want to bring up first. But Charles is going to kind of break down some other swarmy, um, you know, things that kind of go into swarms, and I don't want to spend hours and hours because we we could do a whole nother segment on swarms if we want to actually talk about swarms again. We can actually talk about non CIS swarms. I will happily break down other <laughs> non CIS swarms. I'll be honest, I love swarms that much. Right. We could talk. First order swarms. We could talk, you know, the only swarm you can't really get. Republic doesn't have a swarm faction, really. Torrents aren't very good swarmies. Well, they they kind of do. Tor- yeah, I say torrent. Uh, torrents backed up with the. Uh, there's Warthog. some. There's some. There's some stuff that could be done there. The problem is bit. nobody owns that many doggone torrents. <laughs> <laughs> That's because the only place you can get them is mm-hmm. in that starter pack. So hey, AMG, uh-huh. if you happen to stumble upon our little stream. Release swarms right. in their or release torrents in their own little package, so Thank that we you. can buy them, yeah. so that we can yeah. have the ship, so that we don't have to buy another aether sprite that we don't need because we already got six of them to try and get enough mm-hmm. torrents to have fun. Anyway, yeah. on to roll call. Um, I'll start, and we'll just go down the list that's in the dock. I'll start with uh, Nash Windrider. Uh, Nash Windrider is an I two pilot uh, that is Empire uh, in the. Uh, Interceptor. Um, now I think this is Nash came in the new pack, right? The the yes. new squad pack that the Empire got. Um, and it. what Nash does is during the engagement phase, after a friendly ship at range zero three is destroyed, if that ship has not engaged yet this phase, uh, you may spend one charge. If you do, and it is a refillable charge, so it recharges every turn. Uh, if you do, that ship may engage at the current initiative. That's a lot of words. But what it means is if an I-6 ace, like Sunter Fell or Fen Rao, kills one of your I-1 pilots, which is something that aces love to do, if Nash is on the board and you are at zero three 3 of Nash, your I-1 engages at I-6 to have simultaneous fire. Uh, so Nash allows you to get a shot even if your ship dies. So you always have return fire as long as Nash is on the board. Uh, and that works exceedingly well in swarms. Uh, I really like this card. I wish we saw more of it um, in the meta. We don't see a whole lot of it. Occasionally you'll see it pop in there. Um, but it is a really, it's a really good card and I really like it a lot. Uh, right. The next, uh, next that we have is uh, Swarm Tactics. Um Swarm Tactics was really fun in 1.0. It was different than the way it works here. Um, but in 2.0, at the start of the engagement phase, you can choose one friendly ship at range 1. If you do, that ship treats its initiative as equal to yours until the end of round. Um, this works really well in swarms where you can have kind of a like a swarm leader mindset. So flying a bunch of TIE fighters with backdraft. Or a bunch of TIE Fighters with Quick Draw. Or a bunch of TIE Fighters with a high initiative TIE Fighter. Being able to bounce one of your guys to the front of the line to get an additional shot off with your your squad leader, if you will, uh, can be very helpful. Um, now with this, um, they fixed the variable point upgrade with this. So depending on what ship you put it on, um, this can also work in the inverse as well, and I didn't really think about this, um, but you can also use it to uh, pull a ship down 
I don't know why you'd want to do that other than like if you had a ship that <laughs> well if you had a ship that was um had cloaking device and you could choose not to cloak at the be or choose to uncloak before you took your shot like they did with uh Ray when they were able to give that cloaking device to Ray being able to pull someone down to zero so they're shooting last and allowing them to stay cloaked for the entire combat round to get the extra you know the extra evade dice would work um, but it is variable based on initiative, so it is three points from initiative zero to initiative four, uh, and then on initiative five, it goes up to four, and on initiative six, it goes up to five. Uh, so it's a variable card. It's a lot of fun. I don't think I've ever seen it in the meta, whether it was 1.0 or 2.0. Uh, it's a good flavor card, but I don't see it in competitive meta just at least not right now. Maybe I'll eat my words in a couple of months when points change happen, they make it viable. Who knows? But right now, I don't see a whole lot of it. Uh, the next one is a card that we see a lot of. This is a card that does something very intriguing in that it can be placed on ships that don't normally have the ability to do what this card can do, i.e. tie interceptors. The card that I'm talking about is Disciplined. So with Disciplined, after another friendly ship at range 0-3 is destroyed, if that ship is limited, meaning it has a little dot in front of its name, so generally it's a named pilot or a unique, um, or it has the disciplined upgrade on it, you may perform a target lock action or a barrel roll action. Uh, this is great for getting out of shots, allowing you to reposition after you have the perfect information of knowing exactly where your opponent is going to be, but even better... Um, being able to put this on an interceptor that doesn't have a target lock on its upgrade bar. So now it can take an action that it previously couldn't take for one point. That's ridiculous. That's just flat out ridiculous. Being able to give a ship that can't take a target lock, a target lock. And I mean, if you look at, um, do you know off the top of your head, Chris or Matt, what the point cost for targeting computer is? Three points. <clears throat> Three points. So the upgrade that gives you target lock is two points more than the upgrade that gives you the ability to take a target lock if somebody dies. Yes, there is a conditional thing there, and that's that you have to lose a ship in order for it to trigger. Um, but in swarms, as Chris so delicately put earlier, that's what they're designed to do. They're designed to lose ships consistently. And so if a ship gets lost consistently and everybody can take a target lock, you can do it. Um, what's the cost on Thread Tracers? Is that three points as well? Four? Two. Two. Two points. So another card that gives everybody the ability to take a target lock um, for one point more expensive than this card. So for one point, so, this, is, this is another one of those that no, I think needs to be corrected. Yeah. Hold on. So I want to... Can we, can we stop real quick? Because I'm going to... Let's bring up Thread Tracers. I can't get it to type in my chat for some reason. All right, I got it. There it goes. I got it. So, Charles, there's a difference between the Thread Tracers and Discipline, though. Thread Tracers right. allows you to acquire a lock. Acquiring removes the fact that you, you if you're stressed, you can't. The Discipline is an action upgrade. And, and this is probably where I disagree with a little, a little bit of everybody. I, I do say Discipline probably should go up a tiny bit, but I want to be very cautious, though. To, to example, you know, like, if you are stressed, you cannot take it. The two, the ship that you mentioned that uses this, that avoids the the three point upgrade cost, the targeting computer, is a ship that also usually repositions and and does 
two actions in one turn and is almost always stressed. Now, you could fix that with sensitive tune controls, actually. Um, and hence, nobody uses sensitive tune controls because you take the action beforehand, then you do the blue maneuver and you don't take that second action as much, right? Because you can't use sensitive tune controls when you're stressed. Sensitive tune controls, or sensitive tune, sensitive controls, bloody hell, man, bloody hell, I'll tell you. <clears throat> I can't talk tonight. Sensitive controls is a two-point upgrade. So you compare that with discipline, With discipline, you're now looking at three points. Um, and you have to have two slots that fill to take that. So I, while I agree with you, discipline has been very successful in what it does, you have to be unstressed. V1s um, do not like to be unstressed, and neither do um, the, whatever, the, the soon-tier fell ship. Interceptors. They don't like interceptors. You're ta we're ta he's more talking about strikers. Uh, other other ship. Well, yeah, interceptors. If you didn't happen to do it, or you know, there. But either way, uh, the Thai Phantom, for instance, could take the lock. It's it's more I'm that saying, I'm not saying it needs take to come up like two points or three points or anything like that. One point upgrade or one point increase in cost on this, taking it from one to two points, I think is is perfectly solid. Just because it's never used on a single ship, it's right. used. More often than not, in a swarmy style list, maybe not a full six to eight ship swarm, but generally a four to five ship swarm that has some beef behind it. Again, I'm not saying anything's wrong with the card. I think that the ability that it has is is amazing, and I think it's great. Um, but I do think it's a little undercosted, my personal opinion. Uh, the next card that we're talking about here is uh, basically it's like a. Oh, I didn't know there were two pilots. Let's let's extrapolate that. So we'll start with the Malaris in the TIE FO. Um, so at the start of the engagement phase, you can spend a charge and gain a stress. If you do until the end of the round, while you defend or perform an attack, you may change all of your focus results to evade or hit results. So wait a minute. He has Glitter Stim built in for a charge? How come nobody's running that? That has points, nothing to do baby. with points. How many points is Malaris? I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's on tie FOA. Oh, 38. 38. Anyway, yeah. that has nothing to do with this. I just didn't know he was an FO pilot. On to the next. Uh, Commander Malaris in the Z class light shuttle. Uh, when a friendly ship at range zero, per zero 02 performs a primary attack, uh, before the modified dice step, if it has one or more blank results, that ship must gain a strain token to re-roll uh, re one blank result if able. Um, this is great in swarms. Uh, I did a segment a couple of weeks ago on the power of re-rolls, uh, both offensive and defensive. Um, this is just outstanding and fantastic, especially in a swarm. Uh, being able to have five ships that take focuses and can re-roll their dice almost guarantees two to three hits, depending on how many dice you're rolling. Um, super powerful. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, I don't think he's undercosted. The Z shuttle is terrible. Um, it doesn't maneuver well, but it's a lot of fun. At 45 points, I think he's good. I love it for swarms. I'd like to see more of it. Uh, we saw a couple of them during XTC, I believe, Chris, and... The key to dismantling those lists 
uh, was taking Malaris off the board as soon as you possibly could. Uh, without taking Malaris off the board, they were super powerful. But the minute that Malaris popped, so did the rest of the list at that point. Uh, and then we have. Oh, go ahead. I see. I y- yes. I mean, yes. It's the lin- you're right. It is the linchpin. I don't think it immediately takes that whole list apart. But not being able to get the rerolls is is pretty pretty hardcore. That is pretty hardcore. And that's why what you'll see is is you're going to start probably seeing variants of that where people take Malaris three or three of these things and maybe a Kylo or a hollow or something, something that gives you a different end game because you're right. You lose, you lose Malaris. It's a lot harder. It's a lot more uphill battle, especially like we saw in one of our streams. I think we, he lost Malaris in two turns in two engagement turns, first engagement, half point second or almost half point second engagement obliterated, just gone. Yeah, buddy, that was not fun to watch. It was fun to commentate on, but man, that was, that was some sad times. Uh, and then the last card that I'll talk about during our roll call is still Commander Malaris, um, but it's a really interesting card. Um, maybe you guys can chime in on why we don't see this as much as a you know as a crew card. Um, but it's still Commander Malaris. Uh, the setup is Ma- Commander Malaris face up, uh, while a friendly non-limited ship at range zero one performs a primary attack. That ship may re-roll one blank result. If it does, and the attack does not hit, you must flip this card. The other side to this card is Commander Malaris Perfected. I don't know why she's perfected on this. I don't know the lore behind it. I'm a Star Wars nerd, but I don't know. Maybe someone in the chat can let me know. But while you perform an attack, if the defender is in your bullseye, you must convert all focus results to hit results and then gain a stress token. If you have two or more stress tokens, you suffer one damage. So, wow, that's crazy. Maybe that's why people don't use her, because if you still miss after your reroll, which does happen because of dice variants, uh, you lose that reroll ability, and that's not consistent enough to be present in a swarm. Would you guys agree with that? Yes. I, I, don't, I don't foresee that card. <laughs> I don't know what the points cost on it are, but I don't. I've never used it. I, I see it as kind of a silly a silly thing. Oh, we might see some drift down on that one. That's yeah. interesting. I kind of dig that. I'd like to see that on a list. See how you can build that into being... Who would you put that on? Could you have a... Do Phantom, yeah. Phantoms have a crew slot, don't they? No. no, they have a gunner slot. Gunner slot. Oh, gunner slot. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, it's like Jay has it right. The downside yeah. is is that the FOs mm. don't have the um the crew slot. Yeah, fair enough. And I mean, it's not like on the uh, hawk. Hawk, yeah. I think only the only <laughs> hawk or but or it's, I it's suppose like R two D two style or bucket. I don't know. Just saying. Yeah. Ooh, maybe the tie whisper and the bomber. If they have a crew slot, that would be fun to CFO get somebody that has a small base crew carrier. Uh, I'd like to see that. I don't know. I don't know enough about the Tie Whisper uh, for yeah. FO or the bomber. I'm super excited for some new ships. Maybe we can get some new scum stuff finally, so that I can actually start buying ships again. I haven't bought a ship since scum stuff. You talking about Zam just came out crazy? Man. No, no, no. Zam came out in a CIS pack. That's not a new ship. That's not a new ship. I have not bought a ship since Scum Han and the Mining Guild tie. 
Hey, that's actually the last scum ship I just bought was scum high. All right, well, hold on. I take that back. Mm -hmm. I take that back. I did buy the scum squad pack that had the, yeah. the Hawk and the Y-Wings, but those weren't exactly. new. They were re-releases of 1.0 crap. I just bought them because they well, had... Well, I'm not going to be sitting here crying for you, buddy. They have so many ships in Scum. So many ships. Poor, poor, uh, poor Resistance and oh, FO, okay. man. They, all right, oh. all right. All so, right. hold on. And, wait a and CIS, oh, no, no, too. No, 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 okay. no, no. Can we... I'll, I'll back this away from it. I'll yep. back away. We'll do it on another we, night. We'll do it on another this night. Seg that's, a, that's a whole segment. We're already, we're already at 140. That's a whole other segment. I don't disagree. Let's have that discussion. But let's not have that discussion today. I agree. Uh, okay. Let, let, let me do let it. I want new ships for every faction. All of the ships. I agree. I agree so wholeheartedly. There you go. <laughs> I agree wholeheartedly. I just, for me personally, just to, to walk away from this with as, as popular as the Mandalorian has been, to right. not see something for the scum faction come of that when we had new stuff for just about every Star Wars movie, new things like right. that, just seems like a like a missed mark for me. Well, but I'd I'm, be surprised if there isn't anything coming out for that. Honestly, I I, I mean, I don't know. Who knows? I mean, who, I, just, who I would knows? Be surprised. Maybe, maybe it was Disney's final coup. FFG was getting know. ready as a last IP to release the uh, the Razor Crest, and then Disney went. Nah, we're gonna blow it up. <laughs> and then now the Razor Crest is no more. So who knows what the plan was? Um, but that being said, Scum does have a lot of ships. I want something new. Fair enough. Do you have any more roll call, Charles? Any more scummy? Uh, no, I don't think there's uh, outside of Torkoal Mux. I could take your ships down to a zero. That's about it. All right. I'm not going to take the bait on that. <laughs> not taking the bait. All right. I agree, Psych J. Dave Filoni, pilot for the T-65. I'm in. He got an action figure. We need a pilot card. Just saying. You think so? Okay. Well, what do we have left, folks? Uh, we have Sloan stuff. Man. Maybe I forgot we Sloan. had Sloan. All right. So Where we'll let it. Yeah, we have Sloan. So, so here we go. So Sloan is a unique, a unique card, right? You know, uh, I think a lot of we've heard a lot about it because essentially, I want Krennic's shuttle ship too. Yep, and I cannot wait till we get um, Bad Batch. <clears throat> that will be a fun Lambda ship that we get. I expect so, that we're gonna start seeing. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, as long as it takes AMG to frickin' bring these things together, or FFG, it seems like it'll be frickin' another two years before we get bad, bad ships. Anyway, so for a Sloan Swarm, there's a couple of unique things, right, that you can do with them. And if my computer will load, hopefully we'll be able to see some of them. But essentially what Sloan says is another friendly ship at range 0 to 3 defends. If it is destroyed, the attacker gains two stress tokens. It also says while a friendly ship at range 0 to 3 performs an attack against a stress ship, it may re-roll one attack dice. So think of it like a, it's a, that's a Boba effect, right? Charles, that you, you, would we call that the Boba effect? Is that what we call, is that what we call those things? I think that's what we do. Sure. I think that is the Boba effect. That's probably just the best word for it. So with that being said, traditionally you see um, a decimator that is fully kitted out. I do not know why Yasby does not like to load while I'm streaming. I don't get it. It really irritates the piss out of me. 
Um, anyway, so typically what we do is we see the decimator loadout with um, Rear Admiral Shermu. And maybe, hey, Charles, maybe, or Matt, can you one of you bring up the TTT? That's what we'll do. Just bring up the stupid cards. I was going to show you. I, I actually have, list I have Sloan up. What else do you want up, boss? All right, so bring up Sloan, Darth Vader, BT-1, and triple zero. Essentially, though, what Sloan does is it allows you to kind of take it and you can run four TIE Fighters with a really fat rack. And what that does is... I don't see TTT up. It's not coming up either. God, do I hate this uh, computer. Zero. We all love a fat rack, just saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> Somebody put him to a joke, Gail. That wasn't a dad joke. Was that a sexist right, so joke? Sloan, that was Sloan, Vader, that was. and Triple O. Is that right? Anything else you wanted? Uh, BT1 Gunner. BT1, okay. Anyway, we're going to move, move on. <clears throat> With that being said... And I can't get anything to load. There's something eating all my resources for some reason. Oh, no, no. Have them all up. Would you like me to read them for you, Chris? Yeah, go ahead and read Darth Vader, BT1, and Triple Zero. Give me half a second. Wait. Okay. So sorry, everybody. Go ahead and start talking for a second. So essentially what the idea behind that list is, right, you know, with it is the fact that Darth Vader, if you're at range, um, what is Darth Vader's range, Charles? I'm trying to think. Uh, it's zero to two. Zero to two, yep. Essentially, you could spend your force to say, hey, somebody is going to not have a green token, and, or they're going to choose to take a damage. One of the two. We don't know which, but it's going to be one of the two. Then... You have BT-1, which essentially says at the start of engagement, you may choose one enemy ship at range 0 to 1. If you do, they gain you gain a calculate token unless they take a stress. Then BT-1 allows you to change your, your hits to crits. Now, that only one. really affects Rack, right? But Rack hits pretty hard. Um, and so the idea with a Sloan Slorm is the fact that typically you would run, um, you would be able to run four TIE Fighters with a fat Rack, and then what would happen is, you're you're hoping that somebody either shoots at you or shoots at the TIE Fighters. If they shoot at you, your TIE Fighters are coming in, they're going to get to mod their shots, you're going to strip the token with, Folk, with, with Vader, and you're going to be able to go, hey, look at all these other fancy things. And that allows you to essentially create a pretty big, a pretty big kill-type box. Now, if you want to go ahead and bring up Dauntless, let's bring up Dauntless, because Dauntless is the other upgrade that you could run with your 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 swarm, right? And Dauntless allows for the fact that after you don't execute a full maneuver, so you're partially executing it, you can perform a white action and then treat it as red. So you still get your damn actions even if you're bumped, which that's pretty scummy to me. You don't usually like that that that's usually you don't see that in very many factions. That's not a common a common card. Um, Man, but yeah. and it's great on your decimator, right? Yes, it's huge. Yeah. No, it's a, it's, a, it's a big upgrade. It's a huge awesome. decimator. Huge. Yeah. And think about well, the it. The decimator you're talking about now is 113 points. Just it, it is. <laughs> it is. Yep, you're right. It is. It, it, it forces them to go after that decimator to get those 
those TIE fighters instead of the TIE fighters. And then you put the TIE fighters right. in front of you so that the TIE fighters can go, hey, screw you. Um, yeah. That was a man joke. The TIE fighters say, hey, screw you. You're not going to get as close to Rack as you want to. That type of thing. Now, we could kind of move on. So, like, those are your classic Sloan builds. There is some other things you can do. Think about it. How many crew slots does Sloan have, Matt? Four. Oh, sorry, three. What do you mean? On the decimator? Three crew slots on the decimator. Yep. What costs six points and has two crew slots? Six points and has two? Yeah, and it's, it costs two crew slots. Death, death troopers. troopers. Oh, death, death troopers. Oh. You want to bring death yeah. troopers up? Death Troopers are not very, they're not used, but when we talk about a weird type list, right, you want something different, any enemy at range 0 to 1 cannot remove stress tokens. So you can ram Sloan directly into your other sh into their other ships, pass off those stress tokens, and here you go. Now, with Death Troopers, you can't run Vader and Triple Zero, but you could run one of the other ones. So you can't pass off the stresses easily. It's, it's a lot different of a, of a card, but it is still a really, really, really good card. Now, gives you more can you bring up assisting ships? Yep. Can you bring up Tactical Officer Seventh Sister? And Seventh Sister, you can take Death Troopers off the board. I like Death Troopers. Mm -hmm. I'll be honest. I really enjoy them. That is, that is one of my favorite cards to run. Tactical officer is six points, and that allows you to have a white coordinate. Seven sister, and this one is almost, I've never seen anybody ever use this crew card. But if an enemy ship is at range zero to one, would gain a stress token, you can spend a force to give it a jam token or a tractor token instead. That's pretty big, and I think she's only nine points. So again, when we want to talk about non-meta stuff, or we want to talk about crazy, weird, chainy stuff, that's what this that card is for. And I'll tell you what, I have a goal now to run Seven Sister Crew in some way, shape, or form because I want to I want to see if I can get these things to trigger to some extent. Tactical Officer is, is not that big a deal. Now, if you'll bring up ISB Slicer and Fifth Brother, and you can ask Matt, I tried to get this ISB Slicer to work, and it just, it's, it's, it's not meta, man. It's just not meta. But ISB Slicer, during the end phase, when a ship is at range 1 to 2, it cannot remove jam tokens. So here you go. You now have another option to be able to run ISB Slicer with your seventh sister. You just need two crew slots. Crazy. It's a crazy, it's a crazy, and that card's like four points. And I think that if this was not, a, not just an Imperial only card, that card would be highly played, especially in Scum. Jam tokens are very underutilized in, in X Wing right now. And I think. I think that jam, that jam, and we see this with false transponder codes, two points for false transponder codes, you get a, it's a free jam. You don't take an action. So um, I, I think jamming, it can be become pretty important. The only reason I brought fifth brother up, honestly, is because fifth brother is what I would call a, uh, it, it, it's just a way to get a force gunner card on your, on your character. That's it. That's it. And you get the crit. That's that's nice. You can use yeah. the force for the crit. It's pretty pretty tight. Yeah. Especially I think the hard listen rack. I think the hard part with the jam action, 
just to, to speak on that for a second, the reason false transponder codes is so good is it extends the range that you can jam. Uh, yep, jam, is normally, jam is normally limited to zero two, I believe. Um, but false transponder codes gives you the ability to do it as long as you're getting shot at. So it kicks that out to range three. The hard part with the jam is getting some getting someone into range two uh, and then wanting to spend an action to put a jam on rather than taking an offensive action like focus and target lock. I just don't think that... <clears throat> I mean, it, strategically, it can work just like a coordinate or an evade token. Um, but in most games, the two actions that we see are focus or target lock because they affect your dice. Jam doesn't really do that. So unless you already coordinated in uh, a double token, so you have that double mod for your attack and can spend your action on a jam, I just don't see it being very very effective in comparison to what we have now. Yep, and I don't disagree with you, Charles. I, I think that that's why. So really the last one, if you want to bring up uh, the Reaper Visor, and maybe the uh, Lieutenant Psy from the Lambda. Those are really kind of your last two. So we talk about unconventional Sloan carriers. Visor and um, Lieutenant Psy, or you could go with Colonel Jendon. Uh, Lieutenant Psy gives you those extra, like, I think, four points, four or five points. Is So it, you have S-A-I um, in the Lambda. It is, those allow you to have bigger swarms, right? So with Rack, you're only getting two. You got two. That's it. Right. Um, with these two, you're getting a little bit. The visor gives you the fact that you can use a coordinate action before you make your maneuver. So if you're, you, you can dial in whatever you want. It's a stressful maneuver. You can clear it with a blue. Or who cares, right? You just, you, you're not going to take another action this round at all. So it's like advanced sensors, but for it's coordinate. A, it's only. a white. It's a white coordinate too, Chris. Vizier's action is is a white. That's a white coordinate. Uh, why? It just says it. It it just says perform a coordinate action. I mm -hmm. I don't think it's white. We can't hear you, Charles. Charles. You're muted. But I'm pretty sure it's white. All right. I mean, sorry I guess, for yeah, for the purposes those. of text in a card. If it doesn't specify that it's a red, whatever it is, action, since they don't color code it in there, it's assumed to be a white, even though is, the coordinate um, on the card is red. Oh my yeah. god! No, but yeah, right. that's well. Yep, that's how I've heard him being run. But yeah, then it's even easier. Oh, cool. Yeah, you can get rid of visor. Can you just leave Lieutenant Sai up? Mm -hmm. Then we just have Lieutenant Psy. After you perform a coordinate action, if the ship you choose performed an action on your bar, you get to perform that same action. So Lieutenant Psy just gives you the ability to perform, you know, you're coordinating a, fork it, a focus, which is really all you're going to be doing. That's probably it. That's all that you're really going to do, unless you add a targeting computer to this, you know, and then I guess you would be able to do that. Um, but those are two of the unconventional ones. I mean, and with, with your visor, you can run six TIE Fighters. With Lieutenant Psy, you can run five. You can run three or four um, Saber Squadrons with them. Uh, you, it, it's crazy what you can do with when you get rid of Rack. You'll lose some of the potential because Rack has three carriers in it, but you'll, you'll lose all the other effects of it. And, and I think that's kind of the, the largest benefit to, 
to that that whole thing. So, but isn't is it, is it better to have a bigger swarm, Chris, or would it be better to have that yes that beefy yep, piece, or is it yep. more okay? So. In my opinion, the difference is is how you want to play it. Rack has been and has always been pretty big, um, in terms of what you can get for it, right? Um, the difference becomes though is I like to run more ships as a swarm. That's all. all right. That's really yeah. what it comes down to. I would agree. Name of the game is stress too with clone. So take yep. debris. All right. So we have, I don't know, what do we have? Our last segment. So just real quick, Chris, to answer your question, I got a little rules nerdy. I apologize. Um, in the rules reference, under actions, actions are either white or red. After a ship performs or fails a red action, it gains one stress. There is a separate bullet point that is if a ship is, is instructed to perform an action, the action is white unless stated otherwise. So because the card does not state red, it is assumed to be a white. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, cool, huh? All right. So for our last segment, we have Matt doing a Construct the Death Star. And what is it, multi-faction? We're doing multi-faction now, aren't we? All right. I think this most recent one we are, yeah. Yeah. We already have two lists, one and another one. So, Charles, why don't you go ahead and start us out with this? Um... Let's see if we can make bring this shift viable by bringing bring some other it. people in. So let's start with a scum ship. I know, big surprise. Oh my god. Let's go with the Mist Hunter. Oh my god, there's one I haven't played in a long time. Oh, I that's actually own one of these. Played Mist Hunter. I have played one. It's just been a while. What is the I name of the one, actual actually. ship, though, Charles? Uh, it's the G1A, right? Yeah, the G G1A something or other. Starfighter. G1A Starfighter. All right. And there's only three three to choose from. Psych J says challenge of the week, swarm supremacy. TTS matches between the hosts to see who they think has the better swarm. Oh. Ooh. Well then we shouldn't Ooh. do multi faction if we're gonna do that. No. We could change it. We, we could do it? it. Let's just let's just go to All a right. swarm. That's fine. We can do a swarm. All right, who do who do what swarm to do? I guess, Matt, what, uh, what do you If I personally get to choose, do I get to choose the, the, yeah, the brand of Swarm? Do swarm. Why don't we do three quick Swarm builds? Build the okay, Swarm you want to run. Personally, I've had a lot of, uh, I've had a lot of luck with the, um, with the, uh, the V1 Swarm, actually. Uh, you put on so it? for me, it's a TIE Advanced V1. Uh, and I'm going to say Baron of the Empire. And I would run it with Prockets personally, and I would run six of them. There you go, easy peasy. Do I even need to bring it up? I mean, not really. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, the fact though now that you can do disciplined though does make me wonder if you should put disciplined on them. But I still don't think so. I mean, if you're just gonna run a generic faction like. For for just running those those ships have a lot of maneuverability. They have the ability to do the um, linked action, which for me is huge. And if you run six of them, you can do some pretty good damage. But the 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 real thing is is there's three agility, 
really does keep them alive, assuming you can actually roll the dice. That's the key. So, yeah. If, you, uh, if you're Charles, uh, I would say maybe don't go for a... Uh, a swarm that has a three agility, I would suggest a one agility swarm for Charles. So, but that's for me. Oh I mean, not for me. That's probably for Chris. Chris has some pretty good dice. Yeah, unfortunately, play. unfortunately, there's no uh, YV triple six swarm meta. So, <laughs> right. Yeah, those are not swarms. <laughs> Could you imagine that swarming? Okay, oh, so there's my mine. God. That one's mine. Easy peasy. What about you, Chris? What are you going with? No, I think you go to go next. That's okay. how this works. I'm Hold on. Do we want to? Matt, are you are you just sold on just six with prockets? Is that what you're saying? No, I mean, I I just you, thought that they wanted that's that's a simple swarm that I I ran a few times in the past. I mean, is there is there other things that people can think of? I mean, no, no, no. I, you can for you. I man. mean, there's variants you, of that. I just oh, want to yeah, make there's sure a, there's a lot of them because you could also do you could also do the um the inquisitors with the um. But it's what inquisitors do you want to with run? the I want to say it's foresight. Five Inquisitors with Foresight, also very okay. powerful. Maybe that's one I would... I've never actually tried that. That might not be a bad swarm to try. Maybe I'll go with that. So five Inquisitors really with, with Foresight. Five ships, five ships yeah. are not a swarm. Okay, swarm. How many, how many ships is a swarm, then? Just curious. Uh, six or more. Six or more? Opinion. Okay. So there you go. Then I don't have another option. <laughs> All right. I guess so you're I, I guess I could, with Prockets. Yeah. Or six with Prockets, yeah. right? Why not? Sure. Okay. Just, it's Charles, a solid let's go to Scum right away. Just yep. solve that. Might as well just, just go ahead. You know where I'm going. So, three fangs. Three, three I, one fangs. Oh, yeah. I know this one. Yep. One mining guild TIE fighter. Hold on. Three. I guess you can go ahead and rattle it off. And then I'll... Oh, you're good. So three I one fangs, one I one mining guild tie fighter, and two I one M three A's. One of them with tractor beam. Done and done. Thank you. Have a yeah. wonderful day. Solid list too. <laughs> I really do not like. I don't know. I'm saying, why does Yasby take so many resources? Is this like a look? Uh, oh no! Is this just like a thing? Might this be sucks. A thing. Yeah, I don't understand. Sorry, sorry, folks. I don't understand why I could, why it does that. So you're gonna you're gonna run a mining guild tie, right? Yep. You said. Yep. One I one mining guild tie, three fangs, and two I one M three A's. And that puts you at one ninety nine, baby. Yep. One of the M three A's has tractor beam. That'll put me at one ninety nine out of two hundred. I got a one point bid. Not that it matters, because I'm all I won, so I'm not. I'm not ever going first. Well, now I got to build with a two point bid to make sure that I can <laughs> wow. outdo you. Just wow. So I think on my world, I think you know what I'm going to. I'm going to obviously run CIS. So the question becomes: Is do I, do I, do I run a droid swarm? I probably don't. I probably do a variant of it. The problem I had. So if we're running swarm on swarm, I don't have to worry as much right. about you taking the ship off the board as easy, like with Bosk or something like that. Um, Ooh, what did Psych J share? Yeah, he's uh, he's got a Colossal Station mechanic. Uh, so those are the uh, 
What are those things? The uh, they're the ones that blow up. Fireballs. The yeah. resistance. The resistance. It's, is is it? Looks like six of them. Yep. The one with six rocket, of them. The one six with of them. Tracers. Yeah. Fast. And two of them with advanced slam. Yeah. 30, 33 mm, points interesting. each. Sliding in yeah. at one ninety eight. There's your two point bid, Chris. That's true. What go. is man? I don't know how to run those, but what is yeah, the? That's, uh, that's a tricky one. That's crazy. Man that, is on crazy. Some of them. that looks that's like it'd be a hell of a lot of fun. That's what that looks like. That oh, right well, there is the first person that has toys. <clears throat> yeah. So I will run, I would be running droids. Obviously. What? No. Yeah. And I probably won't do the eight. It'll be two tubs and uh, five droids. How many discords? Three. Uh huh. There's no way I'm not gonna run a Discord. <laughs> no, I, I, mean, I I'm not I'm not mad at you at all, sir. Use them it's toys. Kind, it's a kind of a mandatory. I will tell you, Discord missiles don't work really well against other swarms. I mean, your M3As, it'll have a little bit bigger teeth into, but it's it's not gonna do poop to mats. Why would M3A M3As have a barrel roll? They have they have a barrel roll. You're right, they do, but that that takes their whole action. You have a linked barrel right. roll, right? Nope. So that's the difference. That is okay. that is the big difference. So you the uh, two dis- tubs, five vultures. What else you got on there? Well, we'll have Discord missiles. I don't know. I can't get the thing to load. So no it's going to have Discord to on three of the tubs. Or no, I'm sorry, three of the of the drones. Yep. So essentially, because. Okay. Because, yeah, because you, you're going to run three of those, or three of those essentially with the, uh, with discords. on all everything? What? Drots on everything? Drots. Uh, for now, drops. we will, yeah. Okay. To begin with, you all do. Right. So you clone that. So... I have three of them. That comes in at 75 points. Mm-hmm. Then we'll clone two more, and we're just going to leave them with just grappling struts mm-hmm. for now. Then I'm going to put two droids in there. Uh, two tubs, right? Yep. High unit class droids. Both of them will have struts just to keep it consistent. Right. That puts me with 31 extra points. I can either, I could add another droid in there, can I? I could just add another droid. Oh my God, that's awful. You could actually put another bomber in there if you, even if you wanted to. But do you, mm. do you want not one ordinance on your bomber, so? No, you do. You 100% do. So okay. one of them is going to have, one of them will have DK1 probe droids. As a payload, they're Here's both the gonna. Yep. T- yep, they're both gonna take. Um, oh, I don't know. Do I do thread tracers? I don't do thread tracers. I think I plasma do torpedoes, maybe. Yeah, I don't know if I do plasmas. I think I do advanced protons. APTs. Yep. It still gives okay. me sixteen points left. Oh my god. Yeah, um, what are you gonna do with sixteen points otherwise? Another ship? No, I'm just kidding. No, you, no, you can't. You can't do another ship. You could drop. Yeah. I could do another ship and drop some of that stuff. That twelve point my D- shuttle. A twelve point shuttle. I they don't have twelve point shuttles. On. Put energy shells There's on the other two. And then put an energy shells on the other. Yeah. Oh my god! I still got six points. Oh. Not if you do. If you put if you put plasma torpedoes on, you don't. So put so change you up be, your APTs for plasma torpedoes. Have a little bit bigger punch there, and then you have two 
droids with energy shells, three with discords. Yeah. And I still end up with a two point bit. <clears throat> it's solid. And that's at two points you wanted to beat Charles. So probably will decimate both of our swarms. So straight up delete us. There you go. Well that was my that's my list. So there's our there's our faction. I will tell you I do not own that many colossal station mechanics, but um I don't own any actually. Either do I. No, that is yeah. a that is a good idea. I never thought I about that. How many hull do those things have? Those are uh, five or six hulls? There's six minus the one that you have yeah. to put on at the start because of explosion with wings. Yeah. So actually I, I don't disagree with that. Down. I think that's a, I think that's actually can be a viable a viable list too. Mm. Actually, I remember I remember in person farmer won a like a regional or something like something crazy he won like a big tournament using nothing but a, a only fireball list crazy. yep i could see that i i i have always played with the fireballs the other list i've been playing with or been toying with too is been um uh having running five tie tie heavies uh together i think that would be kind of fun actually i'm not a swarm it's not. Yeah, I know. That's why it's not a swarm. That's why I didn't put it up. I do think that's a fun list to run, though. But no, I don't think five is a swarm. Personally, I don't think five is a swarm. Just my opinion. I don't usually run to, like to run with less than six ships, typically. <laughs> All right. Anybody have anything else? We're going to work towards getting our XCC games down. this week. Um, I think we've been two hours. We're, we're I don't know, almost two hours Over now. Woohoo! Two-hour episode. All right. It was a good one. It was a good one. What did we learn? What did we learn? That Tanner loves to fly swarms and that Psych J just challenged everybody to beat Tanner at swarm play. That's what that's what we <laughs> learned today. <laughs> You're what not learned. wrong. You're not wrong. Because hey, man, would you really want to fight yet. against five? Would you like to fight against five HMPs? If we consider five a swarm, you'd be fighting five HMPs. I would just do that. I would just run five. Um, I'm sorry, Chris. Uh, I heard recently that five ships is not a swarm. I'm just That's telling right. you. If you That's ran what I learned today. Sites, you run five foresights, I'm just taking five HMPs. You'll never get your bullseyes off. Anyway, let's move past that. Thank you all for joining us. If you have not clicked the follow button here on Twitch, click the subscribe button in um, YouTube. Or if you want, you can use your special Amazon God-given right to support the show by subscribing right here on Twitch. We will be back next week. I don't know if XCC from the rumor, the, the rumor that I heard is that it is a two-day event and streamers are going to have to commit to those two days. So um, as long as they're not two days next week, we probably will be able to commit to that um, as well. So um, I'm hoping that they, they set some dates in the future uh, later this month uh, just because I can't take two days off of work in less than a week time. But if they do do that, there I will definitely be taking those two days off, and it'll at least be me and maybe some guest co commentator commentators if nobody else can join us. With that being said, thank you. We'll be back live next week at 9 p.m. Eastern and uh, 100 UTC, because now I'm going to just start using UTC time for everything. Thank you all, and have an amazing night.